Welcome to Hiring Happy Humans, where we talk about all things HR with a variety of folks, from CEOs to community partners, sharing up-to-date trends, best practices, and our wild workplace stories. Each interview is designed to leave you with the knowledge to keep your sanity. I'm your host, Dawn Sipley of Sipley the Best. Thanks for joining in, and let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome, everybody, to Hiring Happy Humans. Today, I am interviewing Miss Ashley. She is an amazing uh, attorney here in town that specializes in um, domestic issues, whether it is custody, uh, domestic violence, divorce, child support, all of the things that that our employees um, are half of them are likely to go through in their their lifetime if they have chosen the route of marriage. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, fantastic. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what led you to be an attorney. Sure. So so um, my firm is called Bologna Law Firm. So it's located in Winter Park, but I'm actually a virtual law firm. So I do everything virtually, talk to the clients virtually and stuff. So either email, Zoom, text and stuff. And honestly, it's been great. I actually opened during the virus. I was about a couple months into the virus when it started a couple of years ago. And I opened um, my firm. Um, I do only family law. So family law and domestic violence. Um, it's an amazing uh, blessing. I love it. We are a faith-based law firm. So that means, um, it does not mean that we push God on you. That's not what that means. What it means is that we're going to try to represent you ethically. And um, and we're going to also pray for you. We're going to pray for your case. We're going to pray for your children. We're also going to offer you counseling as well. So with um, with our uh, cases, with, sometimes when people reach out, they don't really even want a divorce. So I like to at least offer counseling to try to see if their marriage is worth saving. Because to me, I think it's much more important to try to save your marriage than to make some money because this it affects a lot of people. Um, so how I became an attorney, the reason why I wanted to become an attorney was because I was originally going to do immigration law. So I went to law school because I wanted to help people who were coming to this country for a second chance, but were having to be sent home. And they came here legally. I had friends that came here legally and they had to be sent home. And it really, really bothered me greatly. So that's originally why I went to law school. Um, But then when I started practicing, God just was putting it on my heart um, to do family law. And um, so, and I prayed about it because it was right during the virus. And I asked God what he wanted me to do. And he was like, you know, I want you to start practicing family law. And I um, prayed about it numerous times because I was like, no, that doesn't sound like a good idea. That actually sounds like a terrible idea Um, because I never wanted to do family law. It's very, very emotional. And you're getting people at a very difficult time in their life. So I prayed about it numerous times. And it was the same answer over and over again. And that's why I've been doing family law. So I've been doing it for like about two and a half years now. So, okay. Fantastic. Now, don't you have a nonprofit as well that does something with domestic violence victims? Um, no, I do not have a, okay. uh, nonprofit. Um, I, I do work with a lot of nonprofits, usually human trafficking survivors. Okay. So, um, usually I'll work with the, the nonprofit organizations themselves and they'll ask me legal questions and I'll help them. Sometimes I have domestic violence shelters. They'll reach out to me and then I'll, um, I'll reach out and I'll talk to them. I just had one literally just reach out to me two days ago to ask a question to see if they were, um, the person who had been released from jail 
would be able to see um, their children again. So I was like, okay, well, let me get a little bit more information because I need to see if the rights have been terminated. Is there a family law case? Is there a DCF case? So, um, but no, I don't have a, I don't have a nonprofit. Okay. All right. So when do you represent both men and women? Because I have seen an emergence of um, dedicated sides here recently, which I find fascinating. I do. So I represent both men and women. I do have um, more women than men, but the fathers that I represent absolutely love their children so much. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it it touches my heart that it's like that the other parent, whether male or female, will keep the other parent from seeing their child or children. It bothers me so greatly, but no, I represent both. I love representing dads because I feel like they get the short end of the stick. And I feel like a lot of times they think that, you know, the law's against them when it's not here in Florida, you are legally entitled to 50%. And I, um, and I hate to see fathers kind of just be like, Oh, I'm just going to give up. I'm not, you are entitled to that. So fight for your children. Like that's what you're legally entitled to. Don't let the other parent tell you, you can't see them. So you're legally entitled to see your children, unless like something very serious, like you're a threat, you know, abuse, neglect, sexual, unless it's something very serious, you're absolutely entitled to see your children. Why do you think that so many men in this day of age still default to the oh, I guess since the relationship didn't work out, she gets the kids and I get every other weekend. Where did that even spawn from? Because it seems to be this misnomer in our society that that's just, oh, we were separating. Of course she gets the kids. Like, where do you think that comes from? You know what? I don't know how far back that would go. I mean, it... It, it, it's been, it's been going on for a long time because every time I try to like educate um, clients or people about it, like I will say what I normally see is dad will get them every other weekend, but the dads that I represent, they don't want them every weekend. They like some of my dads are like, I want them one week. And then, you know, mom gets one week. I get one week, mom. Like they're very like, I'm not seeing my children every other weekend. So for those dads who don't want that, but, um, but it's more, a little bit more difficult. I, I say, listen, if you want to do three days dad a week or four days a week, mm-hmm. or if you do do every other weekend, maybe you can do one or two nights during the week. And then you could have them sleep over or something or have dinner. I don't know how long it's been going for, but I, I would say it, it has to be like decades. This has been going on for, I don't know why. I mean, I know in our country, I'm not going to say worldwide, but I know in our country, like it's presumed the mom is the primary taker, but you know, it's 2022. It's not, that's not necessarily the case. Cause I have dads who are the primary caretaker. So I guess it's something that's just like from way, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years when mom was the primary taker caretaker. So then it just was like, okay, well dad, we'll just do every other weekend. But, but I'm seeing more and more dads, that's not enough. I, I right. want to say more. Correct. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Now, when folks are going through divorce, I mean, it's really a life-changing experience for everyone involved, especially if there are kids involved in that. What are some things that you have seen that employers have done really well for your clients? And then what are some things that really just put gasoline on an already smoldering fire? So from my personal experience, I haven't seen any of that stuff for my own clients, but I'll give you, um, I'll give you an example 
what I did. So one of my employees, like I always tell people, try to pay attention to your workers. Now, if you have a very, very big firm or a very big business and you're not capable of like knowing what's going on with everyone, because like there's 50 people or more under you. Okay. That might be a little difficult. Maybe you want to get someone involved to help you. Um, which I totally knew their name before. And now I totally forgot their name. The, um, I know, you know, their name, the, uh, that Christian organization. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot their name. CFEC, Christian Help, Sharing Center. No, it's, um, it, oh crap. It's okay. You can edit this out. So it, it, it's a Christian organization. Then they come in. So you don't have to be a believer, but they'll have those people come to your job and like check on your employees. Chaplains of America. There we go. Thank you. Chaplains of America. So edit that as needed. <laughs> so Chaplains of America. So if you have a big organization and you're not able to see um, you know, your employees, I would definitely recommend talking mm -hmm. to them, mm -hmm. getting them to come. You don't have to be a believer yeah. to an have amazing service. I've their, talked about them on our show before. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I would highly recommend them. Now, if you're smaller, like 10 people are under and it's a lot more personal. I personally, what I did for one of my employees, I could tell she was, it was off because she was missing a lot of things and she was getting really like things weren't getting done correctly. A lot of things were a lot of mistakes. And I was like, okay, I, something's going on here. So I reached out to her and I was like, are you okay? And I was like, and I know the answer is no. I was like, I know the answer is no. And she's like, no, I have a lot going on. So what I did for her was I helped her get a counselor and I knew she wasn't going to be able to pay for the entire amount. So I, um, I paid for majority of it to get her the help that she needed. So I'm not saying everyone can do that, but there are definitely signs. Well, so many companies have EAP programs and there's even free resources in town, like through Catholic charities or through some of the local seminaries. A lot of our counseling schools offer free counseling to allow the students. So there are options. So for you, just being a resource to her to say, listen, I can't fix your problems and I can't be up in your problems, but here's some resources and doing that connecting because her bandwidth was already taken up. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, it's so important for a business owner. Like you, you need to care about your, you know, about your employees. If you don't care about them, then I'm sorry, you shouldn't be a manager and you shouldn't have a business. You need to care about them because if you care about your employees and get them the help they need, show them, I love you. Hey, do you need a day off? Are you really okay? If you need right. to take now, again, if it's happening over and over, I, I, I get that. If it's affecting your business, that's a conversation you might need to have or whatever. But once in a while, if your employees, like something's really off, you need to talk to them because that is what you are supposed to do as a leader. You mm -hmm. need to make sure they're okay. Because right. if, if you they know you're like, you care about them, they're going to keep working for you. So for a family law situation and stuff like that, obviously people are probably not going to want to talk about it. So I would say very obvious signs are like, are they frazzled? Because I know it's with my clients a lot. They're so overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. they get really, really frazzled. Okay. So like, are they quick tempered? Are they short tempered? You know, are they like, like all over the place? Are they missing deadlines and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. um, it's not always physical and stuff like that. So, but I mean, if you see someone with marks and bruises and they're very like skittish with telling you, oh yeah, I hit the wall or something, that that's a serious cry. So mm -hmm. If someone's in a physically abusive marriage or relationship, they're probably not going to say that. Um, I always tell people, give them space when they're ready to talk, they're going to, because right. on average, it takes seven to eight times to leave an abuser. So I always just tell people, be, just be aware, let them know you care about them. Are you all right? Do you, do you have a safe place? Are you okay? Do you need me to recommend someone? Do you need to talk to someone? Just 
but you got to pay attention to how your employees are. Like you've got to pay attention. It's not just about mm -hmm. me, myself and I, you've got to mm -hmm. pay attention to your staff. Well, I think that really starts with um, not just assuming that there's poor intentions. You've been late. Here's your ride up. No questions asked. Like, well, why aren't, why aren't we finding out why they're late if sure. this is a new thing and stuff like that? So Absolutely. not just going into a disciplinary mode because they're off or slow or jittery or missing deadlines or losing their attention to detail. As an employer, yes, those things are concerning, but we need to be concerned with the person Absolutely. before the process. So yeah. I love just I, sitting down and talking to them and, and not getting overly involved. But also from an HR perspective, it's really important that if you do believe one of your employees is going through something, that you do get involved to the extent that you are not only able to protect them while they're on your premises, but you're also able to protect your other employees as Absolutely. well. So um, the number, I once heard the number one reason for death for women in the workplace, work, workplace related deaths are violent crimes. Um, so you're more likely to get murdered at work than for any other reason to die at work. So it's for those reasons that we have to take these kinds of allegations serious. We need to have badging systems to be able to get onto premises um, we need to only allow employees on premises or a, a sign-in system, something, something along those lines to stop Absolutely. workplace violence um, and, from happening on, on, your, on your work site. Absolutely. And I would add to that, if you think that there might be a serious domestic violence issue, have someone walk them to their car, please. Like someone yes. who could like, or have them be able to park in front of the building. I remember when I had my own injunction against someone, my manager, so this was before I was an attorney, I'll, I'll never forget. My manager was like, you're not supposed to park like, you know, in front of the building. That's only for like customers. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have a stalker and I have an injunction. Like this is my safety and I get out very late. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to park. And it's just like, they were so like, they didn't care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I never forgot that. Like, this is my life. And I clearly tell, can tell you don't give a crap, but you need to. So, and it like, so if you're an employer, like, please make sure like you have someone walking. Them tell me how you car. really feel, Ashley. Oh, it, no, it really made me mad because I'm like, this is my life, which is kind of more important than you making a dollar. So, right. yeah, it really bothered me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have gone to them and said, hey, I'm kind of going through something. I know no, it's I against policy. Okay. I did. okay. <laughs> they didn't care. Anyway, yeah. So, um, so being attuned with your employees, noticing things, don't just assume that they're being malicious on why their um, performance may be slipping or something like that. Providing reasonable accommodations like safer parking or the buddy system with walking out to the parking lot, having kind of those check-in bases. Um, those are all really, really good things to to look at when your employees are kind of going through some stuff. Um, I love how you're able to provide counseling as well, counseling and resources, really just bringing those resources. You don't have to be that resource, especially when it's things that are of a personal nature. We would do want to keep that professional barrier between those, it can be harder for small business owners, right? Because we work so intimately with our folks and we, we can get, get wrapped up in that kind of stuff. Um, but just loving people well, we are shepherds of, of the people that we employ 
and, um, you know, walking them through a season, right? Like you are with, with your individual can gain you so much loyalty and latitude when it comes to those long-term relationships and long tenure that we want with our employees because they can't be bought, right? There's no amount of money that is, is going to replace the trust that she will gain in you as she kind of goes through this storm. So, so I love that. Um, what other areas do you see that society just doesn't understand when it comes to either um, divorce cases, child custody cases? What's just some good solid advice um, to someone who, who isn't familiar with this process or this world? Great question. So one of the things that really sticks out is it's not about you. It's about the children. And I think, and, and in family law, people don't usually think logically. That's why it's good a lot of times to get an attorney, not all the time, but sometimes it's really good to get an attorney to try to keep you on the logical side because it's such an emotional time in your life. And, you know, here's this person you thought you're going to be married to forever, mm-hmm. or if you're not married, it's a paternity action. So you're like, you know, maybe we're, we're going to be together forever, or it was a one night stand, turn into a child, whatever. It's not about you. It's about this child or these children and parents a lot of times keep losing sight of that. And I see it a lot. And they're like, and they just ask for things that are so unrealistic. And it's just like, or you can tell they're doing something to hurt the other parent. Stop Mm -hmm. doing that. One thing I do see is children being used as pawns or the messenger. Stop. It's sick. It's disgusting. It's against the law. And it's just, it's so psychologically scarring to the children. You have no idea the um, traumatizing effects it has on a child when you're using the child as a messenger or you're saying mommy's this or daddy's stop it. Children are very smart. They are going to eventually see the parent that's not saying anything and the parent who loves them and who isn't doing anything. And the parent who's saying all this stuff that like they're lies and they're hurtful and they're mean. Kids are smart. They might not get it right away because, you know, they're listening to what you're telling them. But as they get older, they're going to see who the parent is that's not saying these horrible things and who is. I I can personally test to that in my own life. Mm -hmm. You know, my father and my stepmother said horrible, horrible things about my mother that were not true. They were all lies. And my mom, even to this day as an adult, has still never said anything bad about my father. Well, guess who I don't speak to anymore? So it really affects the children. So don't use them as pawns. Stop talking bad about the other parent to your child. It's so, so psychologically harming. Mm -hmm. And don't tell the other parent that they're not entitled to see the children. Yes, they are. Stop it. And it's like, and then I'll see what sometimes when one parent will call or whatever, the other parent might like record the conversation or try to linger in. Stop it. In Florida, that's illegal. It is illegal. Stop it. When that child is trying to speak to their parents or mom, dad, say goodnight, I love you. Let them talk to them. Mm-hmm. I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. Let them talk to them. It just, it hurts my heart because the children I see keep getting affected over and over and over again. And it hurts my heart so much because it doesn't have to be like this. Like, if you don't like the other parent, I, I get that. But it's like, you meet a child or children together. So you're mm-hmm. always going to be connected to them. So put your feelings against the other person aside. And just love your children and just try to work together as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And don't put it in writing. Um, that was the last thing of advice I could give is 
Don't post about your ex on social media. Remember how you talk about them in text message, emails, letters, messenger, the parent talk app. If for those parents who knows what I, who know our what I'm talking wizard. about, our yeah. family wizard or wow, another app. <laughs> I, I want to be very clear that that will be used against you in court and it can never be deleted. If you yeah. delete stuff in social media, it can be subpoenaed and it can come into court. So don't talk about your ex on social media and be very aware of how you speak to them in writing. Yes. It will come against you. I have used it. So yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, this with some of the, I, I am a stepmom. I've been a stepmom for 17 years now. So I'm a little bit long on the tooth uh, with it. And um it, we had our own rodeo uh, there and not my not my story to tell, but I can say through the process, it made me an eloquent writer because I learned how to use the command of language to still be strong um, and not overly defensive to how to take out name calling, but still drive home a point. And the fact that I think the single most best piece of advice that I ever received from my amazing paralegal was, is if the correspondence doesn't have a question, you don't need to reply. That's a, that's a good one. I like it's that. lies, 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 <laughs> lies. And then I'm over here like this. Those are all lies because I have to defend myself. No, you don't. You don't I have know. to defend you yourself. You will have your day in court. Arguing with the crazy person doesn't do any good. And so, and I use that even today in my business world. If someone's upset or frustrated and there's no question, you know, got it. Thank you. I will review this information. This has been put into the file. Like that's all that needs to be said at the end of the day. So you're never going to convince anybody of anything, right? You know, that they truly staunchly wholeheartedly believe. So. That's a really good, uh, that's a good outlook. I like that. If there's no question, yeah. don't answer it. Uh, what I tell my clients is because the same thing happens with them. They're, they're always wanting, like, like I have to defend and I'm like, who are you defending yourself to, to me? I'm right. like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, and highly right. unlikely we're going to go in front of a judge. So unless we're going in front of a judge, it doesn't matter. Right. Let them say whatever they want. I'm like, I don't think it's true. I don't care. I can promise you the other attorney probably doesn't care unless it's something very serious. So right. just let it go. Oh, the grand, the grand scope of all the things that so many people going through a custody battle that they consider important is not court worthy. I know you're offended and I know you're flustered and I know you're mad, but it's not, it's not really admissible or a violation or anything that any judge is going to want to hear about. So, um, I know some things, what I, what I try to break it down to my clients, I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell you this with love. Do you want to spend hundreds to thousands of dollars to try to prove this one thing that really doesn't matter to just on principle, right. or I right. mean, now if it's something that matters, that's completely different. Yes. But if it's some, like, I'm going to tell you, like, this isn't pick your battles, pick your battles. So. Absolutely. All right. So what, is there anything else uh, you would like to share with us today? Nuggets of wisdom, ideas, things you're working on, like, what do you have going on? And, and how do we know when, when we should reach out to you and call you about something? You're awesome. So I actually, so I did recently um, launch a new business about a month ago. So I made this business 
It is for people who cannot afford an attorney. So they are pro se, which means unrepresented. Right. Uh, so, the name, so the name of the business is called Pro Se Florida Family Law. Like I know it's probably like a long name, but I tried to make it straight to the point. So Pro Se Florida Family Law. And what it is, it's I'm a licensed attorney, me, going through the Florida, the family law forms that are on the Florida Supreme yep. Court website. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through the forms and I'm explaining how to fill them out, what all this legal jargon means and what you're supposed to do. So, and the cost of the video is cheaper than going to a paralegal firm or having yes. a consultation with a family law attorney. Oh, so that's nice too. So, duplicatable, smart business plan. <laughs> well, thanks. So, and I did that because like, a, honestly, most people in Florida are actually not even represented. Most family mm-hmm. law cases are people who are not represented. So mm-hmm. I did this and I know the economy right now is is not really in the best shape. So I was like, this might be a lot more affordable because mm-hmm. I always tell people, be very careful if you go to a paralegal firm, they cannot give legal advice. It is a felony right. in Florida for you to not be licensed. And this also applies to law students because I've seen law students try to give legal advice. And I'm like, no, you are not an attorney. You have to be licensed to give legal advice. Until you pass the bar exam, it is a felony. So so I hope those videos will help. So if you just go to prosafloridafamilylaw.com, I really hope that it helps and stuff like that. So there's um, a bunch of different forms on there. And then I show the actual form while we're going through it. So I have the actual form up for visual learners, such as myself, and we're actually going through it um, section by section. Um, Besides that, um, honestly, if you want to, if anyone wants to reach out, I'm more than happy to speak with you. If you ever want to know any of the names of the counselors that I work with, I don't receive any kind of referral fee. I do it because I care. I do not ever charge anyone for texting or emailing it to you. I'm more than happy to send that to you. And I mean that seriously. Um, if you want to reach out because you don't know if you want a divorce or you don't know what you should do, like that's fine too. I have people that reach out and I'm always going to give you honest advice. I have people that reach out and I'm like, you don't need me right now because I'm not going to take your money if you don't need me right now. So if you just want to have a consultation and you're like, Hey, let's, should I file something? Where am I? What are my legal up? I'm happy to tell you. And I'll be very honest with you. You don't need to file anything right now. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on today. If anybody needs anything, all your contact information will be in the link below. They'll be able to go to both of your companies, both your law firm, if they need to um, uh, get your services or to your website to guide them on how they can go through the process pro se. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being an amazing resource here for families in Central Florida. Thanks so much for having me. And I really hope it helps someone. So if you need anything, please reach out. Please reach out. Absolutely. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks again for spending time with us today. If you want more HR stories and resources, go to simplythebest.com to join our newsletter. That's S-I-P-L-E-Y. Until next time, stay happy.